Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. I'm coming off of a, actually, it was supposed to be just a two-day vacation that started to be just coming home today, but it's nothing like a hotel bed and then that continuous AC that you're not paying for that just put your mind back together. And I definitely got a lot of Zen time, a lot of peace, a lot of just no work, no like very minimal social media, but just me and my buddy was hanging with me. And we we even just stayed separate in our own little suite because it was just just some me time. I needed some me time, but I'm back. Um, and this is the Artist Exchange. Let me introduce myself. I'm the host of this show. If this is your first time watching, thank you. Please share out the show. Please tell all your friends. You know, I got a lot of requests to be on the show, so I'll be plugging in. We got a couple great guests. Well, all of the guests are great, but we got some great guests coming up. Uh, Monday, we'll have Tracy Jiggets on, and then we have a couple other artists that's in the pipe, but I haven't put out the promos for them yet. So. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my, my guest for the day, uh, Mr. Curtis Gorham. How you doing today, sir? I'm great. How are you? I, I may have put the junior on the, the thing to describe you. Yeah. So you're one. Just let me know. Oh, that's that's fine. <laughs> so how you doing today, sir? I'm great, man. I'm great. You know, no complaints. You know, no complaints. You know, I feel you. blessed through it all. So. Yeah. So, so I, I want to start with what I was when we was off camera, just because I'm right now. Most of my guests are coming directly from social media. They're not just mm-hmm. my artist friends or entrepreneur or community leader friends. But I wanted to begin to reach out specifically to my social media friends and okay. more specifically to the individuals that are commenting on the threads uh, because. Mm-hmm. I, most of my friends don't really challenge me. They don't like, because they know I'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to be an end game to this because they're just the same way. So I wanted to really start reaching out to the people who have been engaging on the page because mm-hmm. most times people watch the show and I don't have no idea who people are. And then I meet people or I'm, I I reach out to them and come to find out there's somebody who has watched the show before and I have no idea. And I try to keep up, but it's a it's a small team that mm-hmm. I have, and and the biggest team member is me. So that's a lot of finger swiping and and all that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, uh, from from what you gather, like what 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 do you think? Of, well, you know what, I'm gonna say that one that question for last. But how were you introduced to the artist exchange, or uh, in the past, or uh, what shows? Or did you like it? Were you on this this side or that side? Um, I was. I'll say I was reintroduced to Be Exposed Radio through someone I met on so, through social media, uh, mm-hmm. the artist by the name of Life. Okay. Um, I follow her, and I peeped her episode on your show. Ooh, and that, that was a special. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was a. Hey, it was a good, open, honest dialogue, mm-hmm. and I like. It's not um, scripted. Right, you know, right, right. I like right. that. I enjoyed that. Um, mm-hmm. because you were allowing her to speak her truth and you were speaking yours. And, yeah. and I've never I, had I, a show like that before. So I I have to commend life for going along with it because it wasn't planned, it wasn't anything. 
scripted. It was based on our personal conversation with each other. Not right. even what got us to the personal conversation, but just our conversation. Right. That was that was a that was um that's I, I, I can get with stuff like that. And I went on to watch another episode after that. And then I was just like, you know, just subscribe and start following. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I enjoy uh, talk. I'm a talk radio listener okay. more than music listener. So we might have to get you over so, to start your own show. Right now we're doing hey, virtual, but we might have to get you over. Hey, man, if, you know, <laughs> if stars line for it, then it, it, it'll be so, you know. So, so the conversation that we had was a little bit different than that show that kind of brought you back on uh, that had life on it, the young lady mm-hmm. life. Um, and from that conversation, I get in trouble a lot on social media because um, I don't think people see me as a black man, but I am a black man. I think only white people see me as this big black man, but other black people like, Oh, that's neat. And, and mm-hmm. most people don't really, um, as a black man, I, I feel like, especially on social media, unless you carrying like big, you know, that big energy, then you mm-hmm. just, you just somebody, you know, else out there. And I feel like as a black man, my voice is always hushed because mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a, it's, we're, we're turning it over to women to be the leaders and, and let allowing women to, not allowing them, but giving women the floor to, uh, express themselves and take leadership in the conversation. That's that is the world. Uh, and mm-hmm. many times on social media, as a black man, I just feel like that voice that I have is often uh, kind of not let this be quiet. And for right. me, that's not just that's not how I was raised. That's not how my mother, the woman in my life, raised me. You speak mm-hmm. up when you see things that don't make sense. And mm-hmm. on a thread. That's just what this gentleman did. He spoke up. And I'm not, I'm honestly, I'm not used to people speaking against what I'm saying. And that mm-hmm. and that's not a problem for me, but it's one of the reasons now I'm reaching out to people like life and like yourself to have a conversation. Cause I know you're mm-hmm. you're gonna be strong in your opinion and I'm gonna be strong in mine. So mm-hmm. that was the basis of me inviting you on. And it's been mm-hmm. happening like that because I had one gentleman who who came against me with some stuff that I said about police officers and, and this one. And, and so now we have Mr. Curtis with us mm-hmm. and I want to uh, go back to that post and just get what your perspective was. And then we can talk about the post at large. Yeah. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to recall exactly what the post was, but I think it was something that was up saying like, Police officers are saying if we cannot abuse black people, then we uh-huh. quit. Something along those lines. Yeah, so, and so I would I, say, let me let me go. describe the post real quick. So on Instagram, I made a post that basically said, let me um pull it up real quick so I can get the exact words. Uh so the post basically said police across the country are literally telling us if we can't abuse black people, then we quit. And it was based off of a string of conversations that I had with officer friends that are in Atlanta, uh, New Orleans, uh, 
uh, Miami and my friend that mm -hmm. lives in uh, California. So once all this start going on, if I have friends, just like I have nurse friends, my sister and uh, my cousin who's a correctional officer, soon as things mm -hmm. start rising up in terms of health, I reached out to them to make sure that mm -hmm. they was good. But then when mm -hmm. police got into the conversation, I made sure to reach out to them to make sure my friends are good. These are all really mm -hmm. good friends of mine that I went to college with, so I wanted to make sure that they were good. And they also happened to be police officers. So mm -hmm. uh, the conversations that I was having with them was they were feeling like um, they were being punished for the actions of a few. Mm -hmm. um, and my statement to them was, your silence is keeping this going. They're going to keep doing what they're doing, and you're going to keep bearing the brunt of it when you go out there and you out in the streets. you will keep being, because you got the uniform on. They're not looking mm -hmm. at your color. They're not looking at your personality and how you treat Nate and other citizens. They're looking mm -hmm. at your uniform only. So my me posting that was me kind of expressing how I felt about police officers and the police union in general, mm -hmm. because a okay. lot of police officers started to call out after the incident in Atlanta, and then mm -hmm. subsequent other police officers started to follow suit, like just calling out sick, and it was like a bunch of them doing that. And it was right. like, that's putting our citizens in more danger because now mm -hmm. the criminals see you not watching. So they will really go ham. And then we're in mm -hmm. the midst of, at that point, it was maybe like 15 days of like the uprising. That's dangerous. You signed up mm -hmm. for this. So because mm -hmm. you don't get to do it the way you want to do it, not the way the law tells you to do it because you're doing it the mm -hmm. way you want to do it, then you're feeling some kind of way. But Mr. Gorham came in and was mm -hmm. like, no, I know officers too. And that's not what, that's not what we're doing here. So that right. just, and it was, it was jarring because then mm -hmm. I, I said, let me go look at his page. That's the first thing that I do. And I was like, uh -huh, hey, right. what this brother look like don't really match up to the sentiments of his comments, but this mm -hmm. fool, let's, let's carry right. it on. And I, I've learned not to get overly passionate via words because then uh -huh. things get taken out of context right it's my that episode that you saw with the young lady miss life so i right. made a point to not do that because i'm neither a misogynistic person i'm not an overbearing person i'm i'm actually a quiet person so mm -hmm. i'm not that rah-rah person but when i feel something i say it so right. let's go back to like your sentiments on that and how you took that or what was your perspective on it okay um I have to agree. When you take the oath, you sign up for the job. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. I have to point this out, and this is very significant. In many of the cities where we're seeing uh, officers call out, walk away, and so on, mm -hmm. there are cities that are being run by females. I'm going to, okay. everyone that wants to ignore it and act like it's not real, mm -hmm. cool, do that. But I'm going to tell you what I said. Atlanta, female mayor. Okay. D.C., female mayor. The place in Seattle where the uh, chop zone, uh, I think that's what it's called, uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, uh, okay. Chad, where the people took over the, the it's run by a female. Okay? okay. So um, what you're having and these females have expressed uh, a certain leaning toward the protesters over the police at times. 
And then when you get uh, prosecutors involved who are, you know, politicians also, um, and they're, they're just riding with the court of public opinion Mm. and saying to hell with the due process, we're going to charge you with a felony. And so that was my point is that even the black officers who are walking off, they're not standing in solidarity with this particular officer and what happened. They're looking Mm -hmm. at something much bigger that's going on. That's not being spoken about. And that's the doing away with of due process. That's why you're hearing all of these mobs come into into play and saying, uh, uh, we don't want the police. We don't want the police. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen when you don't have a police that's made up of your citizens and people that's in your community, which we're, we're some of the violence we're seeing is an example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you're going to have is not only privatized prisons, but privatized police force. That's not something you want. Because due process is definitely out of the window at that. And it's only a business at that point. Right. See what I'm saying? So if you think what we have going on now is corrupt, start privatizing all of that. Start taking it out of the hands of, you know, start taking any all of the power out of the hands of the people who mm-hmm. this power is supposed to benefit. You know, and one of the benefits is try, for the most part, and I think this will help black people a lot, is if we had our own people in some of these positions to right. run these forces and these institutions. When you get uh, an attorney, a district attorney or a prosecutor who's not from your city, mm-hmm. as we have in Baltimore with Marilyn right. Mosby, doesn't matter who doesn't like it. I said the name. She's not from here. She comes from a police family and mm-hmm. she knows the emotional game. So her jumping the gun on the Freddie Gray situation, she knew at the end of the day, she was going to have a lot of dissatisfied people. But because we settle for what I call the emotional orgasm. Oh, yeah, she went after them. And that was just like enough of a wave to ride. So, 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 real quick, so I'm a, I'm a pause. Where you when you got when you brought it to Baltimore. So let's pause that and we're gonna pick that up right after this. So mm-hmm. um, everything that you said prior to the Baltimore piece, it was your your initial comments on the thread, it, that's why it threw me off and I knew it was mm-hmm. more behind it. Because what you're saying is the same thing that many people are saying about the police force, that it is lacking due process. And in my opinion, these things that are happening specifically against black citizens is police officers are called, police officers interact with whatever the individual is, whoever the black person is, and then we're Mm -hmm. at capital murder. Mm -hmm. That's our due process. From the time a phone call is called to the death of a black person. We're not Mm -hmm. seeing this widespread ain't no asians dying at the hands of police ain't no indians ain't no pakistanis ain't no white people it's black people that are being called the police being called on and the Mm -hmm. police gets there and whatever ensues and that first interaction ends in what i call capital murder that's the death penalty 
and, mm-hmm. and, and and many people many people are saying there's no due process in it and for a long mm-hmm. time for a long time the police officers union uh defended them so much mm-hmm. so that it became almost a war between the union the police officers against whoever the mayor is of that city trying to mm-hmm. figure out and the district attorney kind of stuck somewhere in the middle of, mm-hmm. of all of that but what you're saying is and you you said a lot one of the things that you said was it's always a woman in power in these situations mm-hmm. now, and, and i equate that the same thing here in baltimore if you didn't realize it nine almost over 90 percent of the principals in the school systems are now black women mm-hmm. i don't know if you realize that but that was i believe that was done by design so when things fall apart they can say well we we let we let a we let motherly people come mm-hmm. in and, and run the system see now we got to go over here and get this white man that comes from shirley q county somewhere and and run your school system uh mm-hmm. from the inside out you know from you know directly connected to the students and the mm-hmm. same thing that you're saying right now i think a lot of people put these black women in charge so they can say that so they can say hey we let you do it. See, look, we had Obama. Look, you couldn't do it. Uh-huh. Look, we're trying to bring you a black female vice president. Look, we, we tried to let y'all do it, and look what happens. And then we get a Trump. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and so what you what you were saying, I understand it. I just don't buy into the notion that the the because the mayor of that city, specifically Atlanta. She she is there for the citizens, not for the police officers. Mm-hmm. So she is being she was telling her what to do. That's how the system is supposed to go. We're not supposed to let police officers mm-hmm. or the chief of police or the union or millionaires tell our leaders what to do. We're supposed to be mm-hmm. following the directions of said um said leadership, of said citizens, because mm-hmm. we actually have the power. So, mm. so the one time in our country's history, we can see where our voice matters and mm. how it's supposed to go from our mouths to the ears of our leadership in a it's way that is perceptive. Right. It's supposed but, um, to. I think I think more than it being our voice going to the ears of the leaders, I think the leaders that we have now, especially um, in most of our urban so-called areas, they have a falsified consciousness, which is one of the points I wanted to bring up because mm-hmm. one of my sources, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Dr. Amos Wilson. Okay, I've heard of uh, You know, uh, black psychologist mm-hmm. out of New York City. And in his book, The Falsification of, Af- of African Consciousness, one of the things he talks about is how, uh, how educated blacks, okay. elite educated blacks without a black consciousness are nothing more than a new face on imperialism. You know what I'm saying? I question question the word consciousness in our community today. Um, Mm. And I've, I've, I've read pieces of that book. I have yet to read the whole thing yet, but Mm -hmm. I've read pieces of that book. And I, I have an issue with how consciousness is used as black intelligence used to be used. So mm-hmm. when you were educated and black at one time, this was the same sentiment that would happen to many of them 
when they would come home and begin to talk at their family members or talk mm -hmm. at their communities or begin mm -hmm. to sit higher as we see a right. Candace Owens is in this moment. Mm -hmm. But the idea mm -hmm. of consciousness now is outweighing black intelligence and now being used as this tool to kind of, you know, look down over. And that's just my how I see it and how right. I think about it, because I understand what consciousness is, mm -hmm. but I have an issue when a self-published book and I say that not to demean self-published books. But to mm -hmm. say, because I put it in a book and I say, this is how it's supposed to be, then that's how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then I, because that's mm -hmm. still the same way we look at the Bible or even mm -hmm. the Quran, like it was inspired by God or Yahweh or whomever, but mm -hmm. a man still put pen to paper. And mm -hmm. that's between God and that, that messenger, it was a flawed connection mm -hmm. once mm -hmm. it got to that man. So I, I have an issue with that consciousness. That so when I, when I say consciousness, I'm speaking, uh, all right, let's say you have a, um, forgive me if the phone is ticking. You're fine. You have a, a, a collective consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. That's like communal. And then right. you have individual consciousness. When I'm, when, when I use the term consciousness, I'm speaking of the actual psychological, uh, makeup of the person and their philosophy, you know, okay. where they are. Um, on the spectrum as an as an individual, so consciousness to me is not simply um awareness on the surface. Right. It's right. it's how you um apply knowledge, mm -hmm. wisdom, mm -hmm. um right. your ability to critically analyze things dissect them and bring them apart so and i don't look at the word consciousness as a good or bad thing i simply mean like higher awareness of 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 it could be any any particular thing so um in music so you where we are in the conversation in terms of police yes. officers versus citizens versus leadership yeah so you're gonna have some people whose consciousness is what they see on cnn like their mind is shaped by that particular brand. Okay. And then you have uh people whose consciousness is shaped more by their family, um, what the okay. family says. So I'm a Democrat because we just a Democrat. Right. Or my family is Republican. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The consciousness that your religious institution may apply because all of this affects your everyday reality. Right, um, right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's a part of your makeup and who you are. So I've had horrible interactions with the police. I don't want anybody to think that I'm a champion for police, but I'm more compassionate now about this particular situation and seeing people who I know want to do the job walk away because of what, like what you said, right. they feel like they're being lumped into this and their consciousness may not be the same consciousness that the officer next to them has. You right, see what right, I'm saying? Right, they might right. come from us. They might have grown up in a particular neighborhood where they can actually relate to the people. But because Joe Schmo didn't, and he took out a certain action based on the consciousness where he came from, uh, uh, wherever he was raised and whatever, he's going to have a perception of the people that he's supposed to serve 
that someone from the community would not have. So my problem was the reason I jumped in on the post was that I know good officers. One is a detective. He actually is a, a, a detective in the uh, adolescent department. So working with children and so on. Right. I know good officers who are feeling threatened with the fact that without a due process for them, when they're in situations that may be intense where they ha- may have to draw their weapon or, or use a tactic that people may not a- agree with because they're trying to get home to their families. Right. And because right. they're trained, oh yeah, you aim for the torso. This, they, if they fire that gun, they're not supposed to shoot at a leg or arm or your head. They're supposed to shoot to kill. That's what they're taught. That's what it is. We know that when we enter certain situations. And I just want to make this clear for the record. Mm-hmm. I do not look at the situation with George Floyd the same that I look at the situation with Rashad Brooks. Okay. I don't see those two situations being the same. And the reason, and it's not because of that man's background. It's because of the circumstance, neither one of their backgrounds. I didn't think, honestly, either one of them had to die in the situation. But what I'm going to say is this. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, police are civilians and humans also. I don't know where they are on the spectrum concerning their individual souls and spirituality and this and right. that and how that's going to govern how they handle certain situations. But at the end of the day, I know that's a man that mm-hmm. eats and takes a dump and bleeds just like I do. So, and I, and I, I get what you're saying. And I think the push and pull of this argument is that whole argument. We've always said, well, why can't you shoot him in the leg? Or why can't you... The whole idea of what is happening, my issue with the individuals that we both are speaking about that are rep- good representations of officers, the idea that these people don't have to die. But it seems like you can have a man that shoots up a church and he makes it to mm-hmm. that jail cell. Mm-hmm. But you have a man that simply fell asleep in a car that is no longer here. Like it doesn't it doesn't equate. And from state to state, city to city, the rules are different and they need to be there needs to be a general consensus. And what is coming up now is ways to combat that, meaning police officers aren't the first person to be called. So you call them. Let let me say this real quick. Let me say this real quick. Mm -hmm. Not to cut you off, but he didn't just fall asleep in the car. He had a violent confrontation with police officers that didn't have to be violent because they were dialoguing with him. And yes, they were going to take him in. But I don't know what it was in that moment. And let's be honest, from what I saw, those officers couldn't do nothing with this brother. Like it was two of them and one of him. And he got some good shots off, took one of disarmed one of them. They didn't reach for their guns first. They reach for the taser. So that's something to consider. You know, everybody that Just wants one to time, they didn't reach for the gun. One right, that one time. And I'm sure the George Floyd situation was already in their mind. One of the officers, I watched his interview with his lawyer, and you can just see on his face, like, I, I feel like I have a pretty decent sense of discernment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, spooked out. His whole world has been turned upside down because I know he <laughs> didn't go to work that day. 
looking for no situation like that. But he's now he he forever his life has changed because he's tied to a situation where not only him but his family got has, is going to have to. Bigger. You think they can stay living wherever they live when you're? But I, and and what you're saying is, I, I, and I don't understand why the good cops don't see that on both sides. People don't wake up swearing through. People wake up in the morning saying, "I'm about to go start some shit," and I, I just don't get on both sides of the argument. Why can't either side see the human quality in each other? And that's what I want police officers mm -hmm. to feel because the first time something like this happened, they collectively get an attitude. Well, somebody's mm -hmm. child didn't come home at night and there's no question in why. So if we didn't have a prosecutor and we go tie this back into Mosby, if we didn't have individuals like that, that would jump the gun. No, no answers would have been asked. No questions would have been answered, like at all. None, none of that would have happened. So it's just another day at work. And, yeah. and I think, I think over time, people are a little frustrated at how we are supposed to stay silent. Mm -hmm. We're just tired of being silent. They don't want to be silent anymore. They're tired of the kind of back and forth that is going on with not being able to be heard or understood. And I think that was, I, and I wanted to, the reason I reached out to you was because I was like, there has to be more uh, to be said in this moment mm -hmm. versus it, it just being a comment left. But yeah. I understand where you're coming from. And I, I understand I, where you're coming from. I, I actually, I'm actually processing what you're saying. And so that means that this whole conversation about what due process is for mm -hmm. both sides it has to happen at a high level. Right. And it has to be people who are civil enough mm -hmm. and uh, not totally biased one way or the other, but people right. with understanding and people with uh, a desire to see. I'm sorry, I'm kind of like in the studio. You good. I'm up. So I'm going to hit you when I'm done. Um, Part, part yeah. of the conversation, this in general, with uh, of surrounding this is we're in a heated state. So people re think when things happen within a heated climate, they're always, you know, maximized, like right. larger than what they have to be. And right. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of getting to this moment where somebody dies and we have this huge unrest moment and then it dies down and then we're back at that moment. And I right. think a lot of people who chose to fight this time are tired of seeing it. I know a majority of them, they're just tired of seeing it. So we have to get to a point where we're having the conversations, but you're not quitting your job and leaving the cities that you're leaving that job on uh, unattended. <laughs> Because then that's well, on your consciousness at that point. Well, but check this out. In this climate, as you as you described, mm -hmm. this is a very heated climate and it's dangerous for officers. We've had situations where officers are being attacked and being injured and they may not be a part of the problem. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They may want to be a part of the solution, but they're right. being lumped in, as we said, like... Cause I I know what it's like to 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 see officers come through and uh people just like you know F twelve get the right. F out of you know and I'm just like what what what's that even about you know so right, I can't you 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 under, but you 
even though the sentiments are off, you understand what the root of it is. There's still there's still so many confrontations between officers and citizens that have yet to be even touched. And there are a mm -hmm. lot of families that are just sitting on cold cases or mm -hmm. uh, uh, trials that went as a mistrial because an officer mm -hmm. got off on a technicality or mm -hmm. this, this, this citizen got off on a technicality or this citizen is sitting in jail because of a lie. And then 30 right. years later, they're released and given a couple dollars to make up for the life that they lost. Like it's mm -hmm. on both sides, it's so much that to be dealt with. And this side has so much power in the situation that citizens feel I don't like police officers either, but I come from a moment where we had uh officer friendly in our Baltimore City schools. Right, right. So I've I've coming from that and then realizing even a black man like myself never having detention being talked to by officer like I'm a common criminal. Right. So I've had multiple situations like mm -hmm. that as a grown adult. And that mm -hmm. is, it's not even about it being embarrassing, but your authority does not give you sanction to talk to me like I'm mm -hmm. an animal. And I think right. most citizens are feeling like they're being treated like caged birds in this moment. Like we have, mm -hmm. no matter what the situation is, we got to, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck mentally on Philando Castile. That was horrible. So all the all the situations that's happened after him, I've, I've it's like a numbness that I feel at this point because my mm -hmm. mind stopped having so much concern, not concern, but just compassion for what's going on at Philando Castile. I've never right. witnessed a man be shot before, and we mm -hmm. all saw that multiple times. Mm -hmm. on that camera. We heard Trayvon scream. We heard the young lady argue with the, but we've never seen it like that before. Right. So the fact that they still had a defense and the officers didn't say, you know what? This is wrong. This is what we're going to do to combat that. It was It was just, no, it was, it was a bunch of excuses for why yeah. he chose to do it versus <laughs> the public system saying, hey, let's stop here. Let's have this conversation. A lot of the time, uh, <laughs> I think we as citizens also forget that you have people who take oaths, right? Mm -hmm. And they have certain allegiances. Right. And those oaths to them are very serious. They're very real. Mm -hmm. um, which that could take the conversation a whole nother way because a part of a part of what guides my thinking is I have a, a very um, strong interest and knowledge of things of an occult nature. So a lot of the things that manifest as racism are part of a, can be part of ritualistic magical practices too. So for example, let's take George Floyd's murder. I never watched the full video. I probably got through 20 seconds of hearing that man's voice and what I knew I saw. And I was like, okay. Now, what happens in, 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 in the occult world, this is all going to tie into because some of your, your police officers are Masons. So now people who know what Masonry really is on a deeper level, it's an mm -hmm. esoteric order. It's people that deal in, like, not the low level, you know, 
you see their badge on their car, they wear it on their. Sh- I ain't talking about those guys. I'm talking about people that's mm-hmm. in the order, in the order, the masters. Okay, they're Kabbalists. Okay, Kabbalah is Jewish mysticism. Okay, and there are elements in Jewish mysticism that could basically you could basically consider it to be witchcraft and sorcery. Okay. So when you watch when 10 million, 20 million people watch a man die on screen, mm-hmm. okay, that's an invocation of a certain type of energy. Okay. And what that, that does enjoyment, you like the this term like enjoyment almost. Oh man, you snuff movies, it's a market for that stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, and the the energies, the energies that thrive off of that are things that, like, if we really, it would be a whole nother conversation. But what I'm looking at out of that is what this George Floyd thing was able to do and how many people are now selling products and money is generated and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff off this man's death when... Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It stimulated the economy yep. for somebody. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. So, Black Lives Matter is big business. It's a multi, it's a hundred million plus dollar business. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody attached to it doesn't have good intentions, but I think, um, let me say this: I think personal responsibility. Um, just for our souls and our minds is is one of the things that's going to help us move past where we are um, socially dealing with police in our community. And by that, I mean this. Dr. Amos Wilson said this. They are who they are because you are who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to go through certain transformations in yourself, it automatically changes your relationship to the outside world because all power is based on relationships. So if an officer knew that George Floyd, no matter what condition he in or what was going on, was in a community where they were not allowed to do something like that and get away with it. Mm-hmm. And I ain't talking about just through the, the law. I'm talking about that's totally unacceptable. Like, you might not make it out of here when right, you're right. that wrong. You know, they wouldn't do it. You know, they do what they do because they can do it. They can do it. Right, right, but right. But when we decide to position ourselves and uh, we need to develop a complete infrastructure that can protect us against some of the things that we face as prisoners of war here, you know, because that's how I look at this consciously. I look at it. I don't be like, well, yeah, I'm just, you know, black American. And I'm like, listen, after emancipation, you're just a POW at that point. You know what I'm saying? And, and nationalism has taken place. That's what America is white nationalism actualized. It's not simply white supremacy. White supremacy is an ideology. It's not tangible. 
But when you mm-hmm. nationalize something, that's taking action against humanity, against human right. soul. And that's what, first of all, Black people need to understand the difference between the two. One can be a driving force and an inspiration to bring nationalism into existence. We have been nationalized. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I, a lot of it, a lot of your conversation is things that I've given thought to and things that I um, understand on, on from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. But my, oh, I think my overall, like the frustration that I have in this is, if you are a part of knowing, and I understand the idea of having an allegiance because that's how you can have black individuals in racist situations on the side of what we perceive as racism. That's, mm-hmm. that's how that happens. But mm-hmm. in my mindset, they're true. And I, this was an argument that I had with the friends that I had. Your allegiance to your job is causing you to be a target. Mm-hmm. Individuals will come out and speak out as they see fit versus just blaming the same individuals in this vicious cycle. You would not have certain issues going on in your communities. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of push us forward a little bit and, and, and kind of connect what you said about Mosby. Um, <clears throat> many people in this city, myself included, feel as though she didn't jump ahead. This was a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And despite the young man, the issue that I have with the individuals that are then, then become these victims, the, the issue that I have, most of them do not have the, the cleanest past. So there's mm-hmm. always an argument that if they had not put themselves in that situation or they didn't have the past actions, they would not have found themselves in this current situation. My problem mm-hmm. then becomes, with all of that being said, uh, turn the audio off in your background. There isn't, I think the audio may be up too loud, uh, but think part of what I think most citizens are feeling is we are still in a situation where when things happen, we're not supposed to fight against it. And I think where we are right now is we're seeing a lot of people argue and, and fuss over issues that shouldn't even be uh, a sense. Like you said, if, if these officers knew that if putting their knee in somebody's neck, would they wouldn't have gotten out of that block let alone out of the courtroom, we wouldn't be having this argument. But our, our communities aren't unified enough. They aren't connected in, in a way where we don't allow this to happen. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that now after this has happened, communities are saying, no, we're going to burn this, this police precinct down because they're not listening to us and they're treating us as if we are all criminals. And I think a lot of people feel like that's what police officers do. They kind of get their job mixed up in terms of being the criminal justice system. Like they, they feel like they are the judge and the jury versus they're just the first step to, to that process. But I, I, I'm, I'm really listening to what you're saying because I've read your, your comments over and I understood, I understood where they were coming from. But I stood in what I said because many people feel that. Mm-hmm. Many people feel that these officers are so connected to their 
job mm -hmm. than they are to the responsibility of their job. Right. Like they, they, they've totally right. let go of the, the oath that they took. And mm -hmm. then now, as if they are always on guard. And what you're saying, mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. But it has to be it has to be given in a certain way because most black people don't all this conspiracy theory type of conversation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't land on ears the same way mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. half of the people run with it. So they hear what you say right now and they watch mm -hmm. what you post and then they'll run with that without any further uh, right. investigation. And I don't like that. I think right. that's a horrible thing mm -hmm. uh, for black right now. Right is the perfect time to be a researcher. This is the time to research and not just run with anything you hear. And but research is limited to reading the comments. That's that's what research is that's, now. And that's horrible. And, that, and and what that does is that turns men into idols. You know what I'm saying? And idolatry is black people's biggest problem. Yeah. Putting that individual on pedestal, and the moment mm -hmm. something shady goes on with it, like ah, cancel. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And if you would have did your research to begin with, you wouldn't have put that person on a pedestal. It's okay right. to listen to what people say, but it's is another thing to just don't like in a hey Jordan uh, in a in a different way, like put what they say as law. That's why I have a, a issue with this collect the idea and the verbiage of collective consciousness because mm -hmm. we put a uh, Dr. Sabi and this individual yeah. and we put mm -hmm. them on these pedestals mm -hmm. and just and a but like I, I've opened up a you know and started doing my research on mm -hmm. Dr. Sabi because I was uh, turning over to be a vegan and I'm like what the hell am I supposed to eat then right. And, and right. All, the, all the information didn't some of it conflicted itself. Some right. of it was it was updated later, and then we put our 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 thoughts and our love and our compassion into mm -hmm. these words on a paper, and mm -hmm. we 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 condemn Christians and other people who look into their books. We do the same mm -hmm. thing to them, and we're mm -hmm. just with the collective consciousness. We're doing the exact same thing. Right. We're writing books right. and manuals. I mean, and I call it the hive mind. Right. You know. right. Right. And that's all mind control. It's mm -hmm. all by design. Right. Because society wants to discourage true individuality. Individuals die in this right. society. Malcolm X was an individual. A person who we know started at one end of the spectrum, ended up on another. Like you, His journey to the higher level of his soul is documented and he was making change in the real world throughout it. But Even he was hated I, in that moment though. Yeah. He was hated in that moment. And then black all men hated killed him, him in that moment. Yeah. Black he killed him. him. And he yeah. told people, he was like, he was like, oh, the nation of Islam, I know, I know where it is, but I'm going to say it. He said, nation of Islam is only violent they did, they against they black did. people. Yeah. Yep. That's what he said. He said the followers of Elijah Muhammad will only harm black people. Was he I wish not? His wife, all his no. wife's work, I wish he would have lived long enough to see the truth come out in that documentary. Because mm -hmm. it was the same truth that Coretta got in her moment. Mm -hmm. But I wish his mm -hmm. wife would have lived 
Ms. Shabazz would have lived to see the truth come out in that way mm-hmm. because it would have justified the work that she put into it. Now, her daughter can live that history, but it said mm-hmm. that she wasn't able to realize the truth that she knew on the inside. But mm-hmm. we we have these, we we and again, that's another person that we put up on a pedestal, justifiably, mm-hmm. but at the same time, have any of us been adults in that moment, we would have hated him because we were mm-hmm. going against this man that we have put up. Like, it's like a dumb cycle. Uh, Satisha on Facebook says cycles have to be broken. And it's hard to break them cycles. And I would love a world where there was an officer friendly that could come into a school and have a mm-hmm. conversation with the students like, man, you probably had at, at a younger age. Mm-hmm. It's going to be impossible. Right, it's going to be impossible. Check this out. I'm going to tell you a short story real quick. Mm -hmm. Four days ago, I was talking to my nine-year-old daughter about the police, and I said, I told her, I had to get on her and my son about talking with strangers online that they don't know. I was Mm -hmm. like, don't they teach y'all that in school? I said, didn't the police officer come to school and tell you that? She was like, Police don't ever come to the school and talk to us. Unless it's a problem. I, I was told by the police every year, a couple times a year, officer friendly. Uh-huh. Don't talk to strangers. Uh-huh. Don't take nothing from strangers. Just say no to drugs. Uh-huh. Do uh-huh. this, you know. She's never had a police officer come to her school. I was like, they don't have officer friendly anymore. She's like, yeah. no. They never told, so they don't teach them in school not to talk to strangers anymore. Now, as a, as a school teacher, I think that's why, as a school teacher, I think that's why so many parents and citizens put so much on the school because at one time they there were resources. Like I'm a resource teacher, but there were mm-hmm. resources where once or twice a year, officer friendly. I think we probably was grown people before we realized officer friendly wasn't a person. It was mm-hmm. the police department or whoever right. was off at that moment who had the time to come in. But mm-hmm. outside of that, like we put so much on it because we have to give our children that information because mm-hmm. it's it's justifiable right now to have an anger towards a police department, but there's still rules of engagement and how we still treat rules of engagement. That's and it's that's, not being shared. That's what needs to be established, the rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. Um, just one thing on the hive mind that I wanted to I wanted to point out that is disturbing to me personally, and it ties into this, but also the personal responsibility element. Yeah. Um last year, a brother by the name Nipsey Hustle, right? Uh-huh. He transitioned, he was killed, right. you know. Uh, from what we understand by another black man, a lot of people have conspiracy theories and this and that. Yeah, but he was gunned down. Okay, right. a week, maybe a week and a half before that, there was a young girl in the South, young African American girl, who was beat to death in the classroom by another black student. They were only in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why was there no bunch of media drawn to this situation? Where was Janelle Monet, all the feminists, when two of our black daughters 
are fighting in the classroom and want to beat each other. Where was Black Lives Matter? Right, right. Where was that? Because what I see on world star hip hop from Black people treating each this goes into what Amos Wilson said. Mm-hmm. The way we treated ourselves, people feel like we don't give a damn about us. So they then emulate that behavior. Yeah, but let me read a quote from this because what I'm about to say, I'm I'm about to explain why now when you see white people fighting and you see white on white crime, they call each other niggas Mm. when they beating each other up because we've all been educated and indoctrinated with the idea that what we define as a nigga is something to be abused, to be trampled upon, to mm-hmm. be ripped down, destroyed, killed even, you know? So this is just from the intro of his book. There's two uh, statements I'm going to read from the introduction. Mm-hmm. And he talks about history, but it's a deep statement. He says, to manipulate history is to manipulate consciousness. To manipulate consciousness is to manipulate possibilities. And to manipulate possibilities is to manipulate power. Then he goes on to say, the history of the oppressed, as written by their oppressors, shaped the consciousness and psychology of both the oppressed and the oppressor. It helps to legitimate the oppressive system and to maintain the imbalance of power in favor of the oppressor. So if both the slave and the master are being taught the same thing, and that same thing is Black, get to the back. Black, nothing. You know, tear that down. That's a neck in shit. You know, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you expect a police officer who, even if he grew up in that community, let's say he wasn't a street dude. Let's say he was somebody that was bullied, okay, by people in that community. What do you expect his attitude to be? Mm-hmm. When he comes, when he comes, that's something to really think about because as he said, he pointed out here that edu- the, the, the victim and the oppressor are both being taught the same thing. Yep. See what I'm yep. saying? So do you, my thing is we can't expect, and this is my statement to all of my people who I love dearly. I don't know where the on the spectrum of the soul where these police officers are. So try to avoid them because you don't know who you're running into. Okay. And on top of that, um, should we even expect them considering that particular statement? Should we even expect more of them just because they took an oath? Well, that's we expect more of pastors, and pastors will be pedophiles and rapists and all kinds of stuff. Because and see, the word expect- expectation is is a word that I've learned to eliminate from my vocabulary. Mm. Because in, in order for me to expect that, we would have had to been taught, raised, and and brought up in the same system, in the same environment. So mm-hmm. I can't have expectations for Curtis to understand what I what my needs are if me and mm-hmm. Curtis don't have a uh, close enough relationship where these have already been spilled out. So we're having expectations for somebody we just coming across. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll go back to a moment for me. The first time I've ever been stopped by a police officer, I think I was like 35. I was in Brooklawn, New Jersey. Ain't never been 
I didn't mm-hmm. even know there was a Brooklawn, New Jersey. I crossed the, the median strip. So like we would cross in the middle of a North Avenue or something or Martin mm-hmm. Luther King to get to the other side because mm-hmm. we see a break in traffic, we go. Now, mm-hmm. this was a highway, and I wasn't walking all the way to the next. I, I cross it, and I just see police officers come around. Now, living in Baltimore, never had this, never been stopped by a police officer, never had a traffic violation or a ticket or anything. Mm-hmm. Going across, I was in a hotel. I was going across to the, the, the shopping center. Now, just being stopped by them, the first interaction was, in my mind, okay, I'm a black man. These two white men, Nate, just you, you're not even from here. Let's get home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I maintain my calm, but their aggravation over me crossing the median strip super exceeded the, the calm that I had on me. And mm-hmm. I was saying to myself, like, I'm calm. I'm not even breathing hard. I'm not sweating. I'm not reacting right away to something they say, maybe I'm too cool. So maybe I need to rev it up. And I'm like, Nate, don't rev shit up because you're not going to make it back across that media strip. Mm. And in my mind, first thing he asked me was for my my ID. This was a few weeks after uh, Freddie Gray. And I said, I'm Mm. not showing this fucking person my ID. I can't tell I don't have one. So I need to just talk my way out of this situation. And that's what ended up happening. Because if I'd have shown him a a Maryland, Baltimore ID, Mm. I would have been in the back of that car. And I already Mm. know I would have. Just by the way they presented themselves to me. And Mm. as a black male, as a person, as a human being, that's too much thinking to be doing in a simple, give me a ticket or a, a warning. Don't let me catch you doing mm-hmm. this again. Like it was, and, and I'm not siding with people who are citizens because we know everybody not innocent. And mm-hmm. just because you're out there doing drugs, there's a reason you're doing them and it's, or a reason you're selling them or whatever you're criminal. It, I, I just need us to get to the basis of what's going on. I, mm-hmm. I need us to get to the why people are out there selling drugs, why people out there using drugs. Why people killing, murdering, robbing each other? Mm-hmm. We need to get to the basis of preventing this from happening mm-hmm. and keeping it from off the streets. And and and, I, and I've said it several times, and people got angry with me. I think we need to get ourselves first together as individuals, and then yes. collectively as black people, and yes. then we can start reaching out to allies and yes. you know take the mm-hmm. rest of 2020. Let's get ourselves together as individuals mm-hmm. going to 2021. Uh, working together as black people going to 2022, dealing mm-hmm. with allies. And this right. is going to change because people are treating... I, I just posted on my, my post, I'm tired of seeing one of these gotta go again. And it's mm-hmm. always four or five black artists or celebrities and it, it psychologically what that says to people who, who uh, have the authority and picking people for opportunities Mm-hmm. Only need one of y'all, right? Only need one of y'all. Look at look at the games that they playing. They only need one person, so mm-hmm. that's all. That's all we have room for is one black person. So the psychological mm-hmm. game. I ask people why we're in this collective, you know, selective, you know, mood of of anger and and canceling culture, cancel things mm-hmm. like that. It seems like they're mm-hmm. taking this too seriously, but it's really why people only choose one of us. 
Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. look at each post and only see room for one of us because mm-hmm. we only have room for one of us. Ain't that ain't that something? And it's that's something. That's, the, a, that's that consciousness. Bad, right. That's the is. bad collective consciousness right there. That's the bad opinion. one. Yes. Yep. The mind. And you mentioned that earlier on, and I that's a that's a thing that I have with me right now. I, I'm tired of public opinion being judge, jury, and execution. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, tired, mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing that. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing that where black men have their heads on a chopping block because somebody said you did something. There's no due process right. in that. You're That's what happened to Emmett Till. Emmett Till was the result of mm-hmm. the public opinion and no due process. No due process. That's, that's yeah. exactly what it was. But we have to start looking at those moments where we do that within our own culture. Like you just said, we can't blame people for doing that. Mm -hmm. We can't blame people for doing that because his mother said, don't look at them in their face. His grandfather said it to him. Don't look these white people in their face. When they're on this side of the street, go to the other side. His his cousin Mm -hmm. testified to that. This is what his grandfather and uncle said to them before they walked out the house. Specifically the imbecile. Don't look them in their face. When they're coming down the street, you walk to the other side. So if we're telling our children this, white people here are saying this to our children, so they will start condemning us when we look at our face. And that's mm-hmm. what happened with Emmett Till. So we mm-hmm. got to start de- dealing with the stuff that we are making pop culture. Right, in, right. In the right. craziest way to say it. But we are setting these tones, despite them being, and it's not, I'm mm-hmm. not saying at all that we are the reason for racism. Right. But I'm saying we are perpetuating it Absolutely. in many different spaces. Absolutely. And that's and that's um I'm glad you took the conversation there because that's one of the things that I feel like just being who I am, that's one of the things that I want to leave mm-hmm. in this conversation is about how we deal with ourselves. And I'm no perfect guy. I I, I want people to know like I'm no whole They're gonna get you, you know they're gonna saying? get you because you the you the you the mess with them today. <laughs> Get but, ready, uh, sir. We got your, we got your, uh, your uh, Instagram right at the bottom of the street. They that's what's you. up. That's Not what's me, up. Sir. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a person who has, you know, takes the time because I do art for a living. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on, but um, I try to work on my soul every day. You know, mm-hmm. uh, every day, and that's where I move. Like I've gone from being totally ignorant, unconscious, sleeping, just fundamentalist, hardcore Christian through going through the nation of Islam, not in there, never joined, but spending two years there just listening to lectures all the time. You're know, stealing knowledge, life. sir. You're just stealing knowledge. Yeah, and I'm and, and I'm finding, you know, I was going through, I've spent years, man, I, I'm approaching 40 now. So, okay. for me, um, I love black theology in its various forms, be it the Hebrew Israelite teachings or the mm-hmm. black Islamic teachings, black Christianity, even hood gospel, whatever that mm-hmm. is. You know, um, I love it all. And I think it's all relevant because it's another side of the coin. But what I've been learning uh, through my actual uh, studies in like Hebraic mysticism is something that I wasn't necessarily taught in church growing up in church mm-hmm. is that you have an animal soul and you have a part of yourself that's a spark of Elohim inside of yourself. 
So at the very least, you have two types of consciousness. One that's a higher consciousness and one that's tied directly to the sensory perception and your actual physical body. So proof of this body consciousness is the fact that you don't think about breathing. You just breathe. Right. You don't think about pumping blood to your heart. But these are things your body has to send these signals constant. You don't think about when you go into the bathroom. The signal is get received is that the body has a consciousness of its own. And even with that, the drive to stay alive, which is with food, the drive to, to reproduce or what we'll call the sex drive, um, that drive, these are mm-hmm. natural things, but natural means body consciousness. That is your subconscious. That's mm-hmm. the part of yourself you got to tap into or what Carl Jung would call the, uh, the shadow self. You got to start dealing with the, the, the dirty things of yourself because that's what you got to bring into, into righteousness. You got to work and actually focus on those things, whatever they are for you, because everybody's thing is different. And you know who you are as an individual. If mm-hmm. we all as individuals begin to work on those things about ourselves, it automatically elevates the whole community. Automatically. Automatically. And it changes our relationship to those outside. It's really that simple. But but is so I, I waited for a minute, but um we have a half an hour left. I wanted mm-hmm. to tie this all into the topic for the day, the backstory. Mm-hmm. And I, I posted a, a post and a lot of my conversation. I be in my own mind, being quiet, just mm-hmm. looking at what's going on, and I'm understanding um, things from a different perspective as I grow older. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I'm, I myself is, uh, I can see forty is not, it's not like it don't see me yet, but I see <laughs> it, I see it, and I'm trying to like move right. back a little bit so it doesn't like come right. running at me. Uh, but I, I remember. Uh, the topic for today is the backstory. If I didn't mm-hmm. say it in the beginning, and it's mm-hmm. it's all in how we judge people and how we we see them. And a, a lot of this conversation is uh, fear. Uh, that that false evidence of appearing real. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I forgot how it goes, but that's that's the gist of it. And that mm-hmm. fear being the the kind of the catalyst for all of our decisions. So when I see a police officer, I tense up. When an officer sees me, they tense up. So that mm-hmm. fear and who we think the other person is is kind of is kind of showing itself. And I'm a storyteller. I'm a, I'm an actor mm-hmm. by trade, mm-hmm. by life choice, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, I I'm a storyteller. So I love like the story. But as mm-hmm. an actor, one of the first lessons that we learn is how to create a backstory for our characters. Because as as we are stepping into the role, we often just look at what's there on the page and just create a whole uh whole whole idea of who the person is without mm-hmm. even going deeper than the words and kind of digging into what what was that person like before they walked into this scene or what was their relationship to that person? Because they they did they hate each other right now. But mm-hmm. what was the what was the stuff that we don't see on the stage or on the screen? What what was the backstory of that character? And often, you know, in many, you know, 
cult favorites, cult fa uh, uh, videos, we we often have that backstory because there's normally mm -hmm. a sequel of of events, so we get to know the backstory. I just uh, watch all uh, all the technically the first three episodes of Men in Black, and I didn't realize, damn, like they they had a connection from the beginning. Like his dad mm -hmm. and them met each other, and and his dad died, so subconsciously. He always looked for this boy, and that's how they ended up. That's why he chose him because he felt this this yearning anyway. But the backstory is so important to me, um, in mm -hmm. terms of uh, who we are, where we come from, and I think we need to get to that space mm -hmm. and before we, while we're getting to know ourselves. And once mm -hmm. we get to that point of starting to solve some of these problems that we have between police officers and community. We got to get to the backstory of all the individuals. That's why I said we need mm -hmm. to right now work on our individual selves. Mm -hmm. And I think some people have been doing that in this quarantine and other people have been trying to like do something. I got to get out there. I got to fix. Uh -huh. And they're avoiding dealing with self. That's why people have found it so hard to be inside. This was a blessing <laughs> for many people just mm -hmm. to have the time. Yeah. Yeah. The restriction, sit. not just the time. The restri the yeah, the restriction mm -hmm. that, that put you in in that I got to deal with myself thing. It, yeah. I'm sure people are going to be, if they're smart, they're going to be a lot more wise about how they spend money moving forward. They're going to have a savings account if they if they learned anything. If you didn't before, you're going to probably do it now. You'd be wise to do it. Put some money to the side. Make sure you buy certain items in your house. Sacrifice that pair of uh, $200 Nikes to make sure you got beans and rice and canned goods in your house, bro, in case something else go down. You about to make somebody mad, sir. You know, like, for real. Like, mm -hmm. make sure you got hand sanitizer, alcohol, a first aid kit, a tool kit, a battery and some flashlights. Simple stuff. The See, you gotta vote for that. <laughs> Just do it. Let and that it's, one it's, pair of shoes go. <laughs> but it's it's and and that's as black people, and I only say it because I've never been any other race. But that mm -hmm. idea of um what we have been taught money is for, and how we like all these things that we've been taught that are detrimental mm -hmm. to us. No, mm -hmm. you should not put spaghetti, sugar in your spaghetti because you will get your foot cut off eventually mm -hmm. if you keep doing that. And just mm -hmm. all these things are that are wrong, outright wrong. Mm -hmm. And we have to reteach ourselves this, how we supposed to interact with each other. Just because we have yes. differences don't mean we can't have a conversation. Don't mean mm -hmm. we can't walk away from this conversation better people uh, thereafter. Being able to be able to see each other's point of view versus just shooting it down, and and that's that's what my hope is. I'm trying to figure that out for myself right now, like because mm -hmm. there's some people I think that are just stupid. I mm -hmm. think certain things are stupid. I think certain right. people are stupid, and I gotta. I'm trying to get that out <laughs> of my mindset because there's a reason. Like, what's the backstory mm -hmm. behind right. that perspective? And it's often right. some form of trauma, some form mm -hmm. of like friction that has happened in that life that kind of put together that perspective. Now, we know there's people out there that just like to be contrary and just like to just be, you know, what's her name? Mm -hmm. Candace, whatever. Candace just Owens. Be, yeah, just want to be different for the sake of being different. 
Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have had some type of trauma. Even a Candace has had mm-hmm. some type of trauma and feel that way because of something that has happened to them. Right. Uh, and right. I just, you know, I, I, it's a lot that I want to. I want to see with the police department. I want the police kind of force to step up and say, hey, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. And us blaming the people that we are paid to serve is not the solution. And for mm-hmm. the other side to say, we have a problem and it's not it's not just the police officers. You know, mm-hmm. if little man man wasn't out there on Park Heights, uh, he wouldn't have got chased by police officers. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have got shot down and vice versa. Like mm-hmm. when you, when you when you're as an officer when you're in a situation and I've never been in that situation, um, but as an officer, is this a violent situation? Okay, what can I do right now? What is it? What's the step? It's called the force continuum. What am I supposed to do first? Can I calmly talk to this person? Can I reason with this person mm-hmm. now before Taser come out? Before Baton mm-hmm. comes out? Weapon. So if you got a weapon. I got to defend myself. So what can I do mm-hmm. verbally or instinctually that will help me to de-escalate versus mm. right. this idea of shoot, shoot to kill? Like, right. Well, you know if I shoot at you, you will shoot back. So I got Unfortunately, I got to I got to say this. Mm-hmm. I know people who are psychologically not right who have passed the police officer's entrance exam. So maybe the bar needs to be raised there. Um, right. as because I, I and when I say I mean people who I know with snap, you know, they don't need it. They don't even know how to talk to family right. So yeah, yeah. and we're know. seeing that we're seeing that come out yeah. in trials and, yeah. and court shows. Yeah, and, you and see officers all the time that have domestic violence issues and all kinds of stuff going on, uh, child abuse issues and stuff. Do you think some of these people should be on the police force? Absolutely not. They need a lot of, uh, you know, so, and I'm not saying that I don't snap and curse a person out once in a while. But you're not putting, you're not, right. you don't have a weapon right. that's occurring every yeah. day. Yeah, and I, I, I haven't taken that oath because I already, I know me, you know, and um, that's just not a, 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 I'm an artist. I'll just say that. I, I'm grateful for all people who are bold enough to go in that line of work. I think it's a calling. And unfortunately, I've had conversations with officers that I, when I stopped them and talked to them, actually around the time the Freddie Gray situation happened, I walked up to an officer in Mondarmin Mall at the, oh, wow. the shoppers. It was shoppers at the time. And I asked her, what made you decide to be a police officer? Like, I was going to get something, you know, like, I just love it. She was like, it pays the bills. That's scary, right? It's scary. She said it pays the bills. And she had been in the job for over 16 years, and she wasn't no young woman. So I could already see, like, it was a lot in her that was mm-hmm. unsatisfactory about her life. And she was just there to get her check. You hear that from correctional officers. You know, yeah. they, they they get the job so they can get that big towel or that big expedition. Yeah. Or yeah. these teachers who are told we need more black men in the in the school system. So they bring all these black men in and you didn't you didn't even look into this man's background to see if he was a pedophile. 
Right. Now he's a type right. of child. Well, she done slept right. with a student. So yeah. it's across the board. Yeah. It's so, a lot. Lot that gotta be fixed in society, period, man. And but it all starts with that dealing with the self. self. It's all it's all gonna come back to that. And I'm not saying that there are not situations that can happen that are not out of our control. Right. But there is so much like I even like when I watched the Rashard Brooks tape, I was like, had he just like but but but, but even in his situation, look where we were at that moment. Right. His, his that case did not spark where we were. Right. We were right. we were weeks out of where we were. We had just mm-hmm. had the, the gentleman Floyd's funeral. Like right. it, it and, and and see when we get when we go to that moment, I'm looking at him like bruh, like why you ain't just stay home? Why you ain't just right. Uber Eats or something? Why why you right. but at the same time, like and the I, fact I, I that, thought and it I was think, all civil up until it turned into. I don't know what made him turn the switch right there. Like that's what that's what's what do baffling we, but, but, but we have to say that for both sides. Like what happened? And it can't be one sided. It can't be just one. It's not. It's not. What happened? What decision did both sides make in that moment that took it to another level? Was it? The idea of him them telling him to drive your car over to the side and park it, which didn't make sense because if you thought he was drunk, why the hell would you tell him to get back in the car? But mm-hmm. it's, it's and most of us have common sense, but mm-hmm. most of us are looking like they were talking for twenty minutes. What the fuck? Right, and that's what what that, happened. That was just a sit right, and it it it. Man, that that that's the part that blows my mind the mm-hmm. most because I'm like, it's a lot of talking going on for 20 minutes. I just saw like two now. I could I could, I know when somebody's wasted. I could look and tell and listen to them talk, and I was like, all right. But it seemed like now my thing is I don't know if they were just going to take them in and probably uh, let them sleep it off because I know cases where that has happened. You, you know, you probably mm-hmm. end up with your car towed, but sometimes they kind enough to let you leave the car there and you get it once you're sober and go home. But but that's that's the type of common sense that I want back mm-hmm. in the in the situations where people are in leadership roles. And that in that situation, they were in a, the officers were in a leadership position. And mm-hmm. not every situation needs to end with an arrest with a ticket. Mm-hmm. Like we need to go back to a common sense thing. Like, hey, bro. Uh-huh. So let uh-huh. me let me just talk to you right now. We can't let you drive away. Either mm-hmm. find somebody to come get the car, or you go ahead to pick your keys up from the, the precinct. Your your keys tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We can't let you drive. Go walk it off. Go home. Mm-hmm. Let us. Let us take you home so we just doesn't mm-hmm. escalate. We're not holding up the rest of the line no more. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just a lot of situations where. But that's me and you. We would have yeah. done. But I'm just saying, compassion is compassion. Like mm-hmm. everybody want to get home at the end of the day. Nobody right. wants a criminal record. They already ran this man. They already know who he was. They already right. knew what his his time was. Hey, mm-hmm. but you don't want to go back to jail. So let's walk this off. 
we're gonna see if you mm-hmm. can see the car here. They don't they won't tow your car. We're gonna mm-hmm. take your keys and you can come pick them up tomorrow. Right. Like I I wanted us to get back to the non-traditional ways of like having mm-hmm. community. Like police right. officers are our community members. They just have a different job. They're not a doctor. They're not a lawyer. Right. They're not a trash man. They're the officer. Let it, so let me ask you this. Do you feel our community is capable right now of producing the force, the people who are willing, able, and capable mm. doing the job totally out of ourselves for ourselves? So you mean like just getting rid of the idea of a police force? Well, making sure that we're the ones who produce the people who will become that for us. Um, I think uh, that's the because uh, ultimate power corrupts. So mm. I, I'm I'm off from mm. anybody deciding who the leader will be because mm-hmm. you always go try to get in the person who will do for you. Mm-hmm. So, but I think. We need to just get ourselves together. Like we can't even decide on wearing masks right now. Like, right. So I, right. I can't trust these same individuals to be the people who decide who will be on the police force. Like, right, right. But at the same time, something has to give. Like, and we can't have the same system. And some people go right. lose their jobs because they they fail that psychological test. But mm-hmm. there needs to be something on a regular basis where these people are getting tested psychologically outside mm-hmm. of when somebody shoots at them or when they kill right. someone. That's right. the only time officers outside of that basic training gets any psych evaluations. So mm-hmm. they need to, because we need to see that when stressful situations are happening to them, that they're where they were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, things are shaky for a moment, but. Uh, let's figure out how to get ourselves back into a space of being collectively responsible for our community versus you sitting up here as a police officer and I'm yeah. down here as a citizen. That yeah. that right there is imbalance and it's not going to yeah. work with you because I'm yeah. going to test your authority. And mm-hmm. if, if when, when I see you testing my authority, then I got to test you. So mm-hmm. we, we got to get back to a safer way of communicating with each other. And, and it's going to be calling out bad behavior on both sides. Yes. You know, on yes. both sides of the, on the spectrum. And we can't just have, well, I'm a police officer. I got a gun. I can shoot. No. Right. There's a right. reason and a willingness. And that idea of shoot to kill, that has always been off to me. And now I can't mm-hmm. just say that's the way it is. That's not. Because mm-hmm. you as an officer don't know what to do with that gun. You, you don't have great discernment. And when, when they look at you as property, you know, because that's yeah. what the police were created for, to protect property. Right. Like, right. And if you are property mm-hmm. or viewed well, as... You're not even the property that they feel that they protect. Like, you are separate from property, actually, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're mm-hmm. you know, come on, get away from this. Get away from this. Like, mm-hmm. you're not even... You're just a casualty mm-hmm. in that moment. So, I, yeah. again, the same argument that we had on, on that thread is the same conversations that, and arguments that I had with my officer friends. Like, I don't want to hear this. I'm, I'm scared. Because what, how many bad police officers have you turned in or have you written mm-hmm. up or gotten written up? You know, mm-hmm. 
what have you done in certain situations? Did you always use the best decisions or did you use your force and power to get a situation handled so you can go sit back in your car and rest for a second? Like, what, right. what, what, what were your tactics? So when, when we had, going back to the, the thread, that's that was my, and me making that statement was me hearing from some of them because some of them were on the side of being on the side of the officers. And no, we ain't, we ain't friends like that. So you're not even going to get past me with those type of comments. So that that's what sparked some of the comments, me seeing them posted without mm. people knowing that they were officers on their regular pages. So, mm. no, sir, you're not going to get, that's just like a white person saying some, some slick shit on that. No, you know. Right, right. I'm, I'm, I, my job is to talk to people. So I'm going to talk to you and figure mm-hmm. some things out and see, see if we can come to some commonalities. But other than that, uh, I understood where you were coming from because, mm-hmm. and it was interesting to know that you was from me. I'm like, is, where is, is this nigga a Republican? Like, what is, <laughs> what is going on? What is, where is he coming from with this? But just the idea that you you look at a different perspective and you saw it from a different perspective. And mm-hmm. we can't just blame the officers because mm-hmm. we be out there doing dirt. If yeah. this dude wasn't drunk in the drive-thru, Nobody would have had to tap in your car. So mm-hmm. us using common sense as citizens, period, no matter what your right. title is, is our best practice. But people out there, yeah. they feel like they can, they're yeah. invincible. I think, I think you and I, at the bottom line, we both feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. personal, res- fix yourself. Fix yourself. And, Get it together. Like, the officer needs to fix themselves. Like, you're right. They need. They should be talking to a counselor at least once a week. All officers should be talking to somebody at least once. When they shot week. and killed somebody, or when somebody has shot, shot or hurt them, that's mm-hmm. the only times that they see it. Mm-hmm. Outside, if their superior feels of something's wrong, mm-hmm. then they're asked to go do it. So it becomes a choice and not mm-hmm. mandatory. Yeah, they should definitely be talking to somebody consistently, not just them, but anybody who's a so-called public servant, be it judges. You know, judges hear all kinds of horrible stuff. Doctors, um, uh, psychologists and psychiatrists, you know, (laughs) like, see, our, our whole society has been formed by people who deal with the mind, you know, on very heavy, heavy levels. And some of some of the stuff I can get with some of the stuff I can't. But I, I totally understand, man, like you gotta deal with the aspects of yourself that nobody else knows. You gotta, you know, when when it's you alone and whatever you, you know, whatever your hurdles are, whatever the 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 in in uh Judaism they would call it uh the Yetzahara. That's your with the or the, your evil inclination, but it's not really evil. It's more like tied to that body consciousness, you Worst know. Case scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to deal with that, you know, and and yeah. and you know what it is for you, you know. Your it is not everybody else's it, although yeah. we may from common it's, but <laughs> your it's thing is it's a it's a weird thing because if we go go there, everybody needs to check in. 
uh, to some type of system every now and again. I, I've, I've seen, I've been, I've had a gun drawn on me several times. And in my mind, I've went home and went to sleep there all three times. I've had a man as a customer service agent uh, pull a grenade out. And I'm, and I went home and went to sleep. And wow. I'm sitting there like, you know, and I remember the one time I went to a therapist, I said these things. And she's like, you don't think that affected how you react to people? Like this dude pulled a grenade out in a Popeyes of all places. Like, and, and, and in my mind, wow. I'm saying like, no, I didn't think that that affected me because it becomes a normal in, in your lifetime. So mm. we think that that is normal because that's their problem. No, mm. because you would have been, it was a full I sell it was a Sunday in the Popeyes in Emersonville. Wow. So you already know it was packed in there. And all as a manager, you hear him say, Give us what's in this register right here on blow this place up. And for me to go home, and, and I think I went home like an hour later after the police and stuff came. Mm-hmm. And I went home and went to sleep. I didn't even tell like my family that this has happened. And I was like 17. And wow. so we, we grow up with these traumas and triggers and, and we don't get affected. And then you get a position like an officer and the first moment you're, you have a moment of, you're not going to listen to me. Oh, let me, yeah. I got to pull in the big guns at this moment. Yeah. And it's yeah. not, you haven't realized how these things affect you. So now you mm-hmm. in positions where you got power and you will use it and often mm-hmm. abuse it. If you're not getting checked on and getting things mm-hmm. cleared out every now and again. So I pray that everybody in this moment has taken this quarantine to get something. That's why I said Friday, last Friday, I was sitting in my room. It was probably like nine something. And I looked at, I said, I got, I'm tired of looking at this brick wall behind me. I'm tired mm-hmm. of looking at this room. And I got up at midnight and checked into a hotel at 1230 something at night. And I, mm-hmm. I, I just came back this morning. This afternoon, rather, but mm-hmm. I had to get my mind because I was right. going okay and I had some ups and downs, but it had gotten to another point because we've reached three months now. Like, what the mm-hmm. hell is this? This supposed to have been last right. two weeks, and we now right. at ninety days, like ninety plus days. So everybody mm-hmm. needs to check out a little bit and just get some things in order and figure out, you know, is this good? Challenge each other online, like. And yeah. not only just Twitter fingers, but actually have a conversation. I just have a platform where I, it's built in for me to have a conversation mm-hmm. individually. But figure out, instead of going off on that person, or after you go off on the person, slide them a private message and have an actual conversation. And then figure out a way to actually, you know, have amends. Because my friend's like, erase them, man. Get that off your page. You don't want people. No, that's somebody's valid opinion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it's not yeah. like spam that's somebody's valid human yeah. opinion and you so know the difference between an opinion and somebody just trolling you yeah, know it's, 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 <laughs> i don't it's, like like you say the cancel calls like i like the di- people have said challenged me and said things that i never thought about before and it made me say wow it elevated my my soul my consciousness Mm-hmm. From hearing something, not being in the echo chain. But so, something. so I, can you can you define what you see as collective consciousness? 
because I think a lot of people get it, you know, because I got locks and I, I burn sage and, you know, right. I wear my chakras in order. Like, that's all <laughs> collective consciousness. I, and yeah. I keep laughing, but some people I stop there. Some people but, put a little on a Noah Nash shampoo or a little frankincense in mine and they conscious. Yeah. And, and, and it's way deeper than that. For me, consciousness is the awareness of the journey of your soul. Mm. You see what I'm saying? The awareness of the, the conversations that you have. Everybody talks to their self, first of all. And if you say you don't, you're a liar. So oh, the conversations so you I have. I get paid to talk to myself. So. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The conversations where your soul is literally inspiring you in the moments of so- whatever it might be for you. Sometimes for me, it might be after, like I, I smoke sometimes. So for me, smoking, and if it's good and I really like it, I can sit in silence for 90 minutes. Mm. The thoughts that start coming. I need some of that then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, sometimes no, it's hard to quiet your mind. It's yeah, man, I, I like to spend time, like, people don't understand. Some people, like, in relationships, it's hard because they think that, um, and, and Mr. they call it hit with a D. It's basically your personal conversation with God. It's just the same thing you would do with a therapist. You just sit and you talk freely. I got no heavenly father, thee, thou, this, thou, no. It's none of that. I got um, something for him. I'll give it to him. I got it. Yeah, we still there? No, he was saying oh. he got something for it. He got something for Okay. <laughs> hey, we might have to make it happen. But um, but yeah, man, it's a um just sitting and talking freely. And sometimes it's okay. Record it on your cell phone, just you talking. Make that voicemail. And when you're ready, listen back to it. When it you're is, ready. It works, it works in many different ways. I often do that mm-hmm. before I do shows. Because in my mind, if I see the conversation play out in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, I can't read from a script. I, I'm an actor. I supposed to remember lines. So I do that a lot before my shows. And it, mm-hmm. it helps me to kind of like jog the conversation a mm-hmm. little bit before I actually get there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So we're, we're yeah. going to have to pick up and do a part two, or we're going to have to get this man a show. So make some time. Hey, man. I'd like to be a guest on your show. I. You know, I like talking that's, to you. So. That's what they always say. I, I've, I've had about 30, 30 uh, guests that turned into a uh, host of shows on this station. But we're going to definitely keep it going. And I'm going to invite you. But don't hang up once we, we finish because we're going we to hash that out. Because I, I, I need that type of balance. Because mm-hmm. often people don't. Some people, they just plan to get along to get along. And I don't like mm-hmm. that. I need people that's going to be challenging because that's the only way things change will happen. Yeah. If we challenge what is actually mm-hmm. the status quo. And right mm-hmm. now we see those walls tumbling down and yeah. it's going to come a moment where we got to rebuild. And yeah, we just, we're still getting along to get along. Mm-hmm. Everything will go right back. And we're, we're reliving history that our parents and grandparents have already lived. And in our time, we are reliving this moment every time somebody gets shot and killed by the police officer. Right. So, right. you know, we got to get ourselves in, into a different space. So we're going to wrap up the show. 
definitely gonna bring Curtis back because he don't realize it, but he gonna have his own show in a few minutes because we gonna figure that out. <laughs> but but uh, this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Please share this out. If you want to support the Artist Exchange or Be Exposed Radio, you can do so on PayPal, Cash App, PayPal at info at beexposedradio.com and Cash App at dollar sign, uh, Be Exposed Radio. So again, thank you for joining me today, Curtis. Definitely. Uh, I appreciate it. Different perspective. I appreciate you. Um, and his his uh, Instagram is at the bottom. So if you want to follow his movement and, and support him as an artist, as an individual, mm-hmm. please do so. Um, and I think the next show up, we don't have Cocktail Social today, but we have It Is What It Is Radio. So please stay tuned for that. Stay locked in. Um, and this has been a show. Peace out. Peace. Just hold on one second. Mm-hmm.